Welcome to the Cedarville Stories podcast. Today's conversation is with Allie Christian. She is a 2014 graduate from Cedarville. In the midst of trials and heartache, Allie shines bright with the joy of the Lord. Now here's your host, Mark Weinstein. Thank you, Sarah, for that introduction and for suggesting that we have Allie Christian on the program today. I'm Mark Weinstein. I want to welcome you back to another episode of the Cedarville Stories podcast. American culture calls this time of the year the most wonderful time of the year, as we typically spend time with family and friends. Make no mistake, it is a wonderful time because of the true meaning of Christmas, but for many, it can also be a hard time as we deal with difficult issues like broken family relationships and health issues. Allie Christian, my guest today, is not letting her cancer diagnosis in 2019 rob her of her joy of Christ and Christmas. Welcome, Allie. It's great to have you on the program. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. So as we start the the podcast, I always like uh, the listeners to get to know who I am talking with. Um, So I know you're a 2014 graduate of Cedarville University. I'm interested in knowing what was your major and how did the Lord use your degree in your life? So, yes, I did graduate in 2014 with a degree in early childhood education with a minor in Spanish, and I am currently staying home with my girls. And so some may think, you know, I'm not doing anything with my degree, but really I'm doing everything with my degree by teaching my girls and being able to influence them and educate them well. So, and also it's been fun because we have lived in a couple of major cities we, we've lived lived in D.C., we've lived in L.A., and we have also lived, now we are in, in, in Atlanta, and I'm able to use my Spanish as often as possible. So it's been really fun. After you graduated, uh, you married Ben, and uh, now you have two daughters, as you mentioned. How did you meet Ben? So we have a fun story. So I actually first met Ben online in a Cedarville class of 2014 Facebook page. I think it was the first year that they had put a Facebook page together for the incoming freshmen to be able to meet before we actually meet. And so we met on there. And it's funny looking back, um, we actually started talking before we got to Cedarville. We talked with each other and a couple of friends. And then we met the first day that we both moved in. So we met. I had just turned 18. He was 18. So we met when we were 18. So over 10 years ago now, um, we met just actually on the bridge outside of the chapel. (laughs) Oh my. So that's a special place when you come back to campus. It is a special place. And it's funny because the first time that we were back on campus, I I went on the bridge with him and I said, do you know what this place is? Assuming that he would know. And he had no idea what I was talking about. And so, but now he knows. Now he is very well aware that we met on the bridge, but... (laughs) That's a smart young man there to remember that. (laughs) Where is he from originally? He's from just outside the San Francisco, um, the city of San Francisco. So California. Yeah. Wow. He's been all around. Yes. So as a young person uh, now with two two kids, what's it like to be a mom? Oh, my goodness. I feel like such a different person. I know that I am a very different person than I was in college. Being a mom is so much more challenging and edifying than I could have ever imagined. Um, mm. Our girls definitely keep us on our toes and and. 
I feel like I'm constantly learning more than I ever have. Even when I was at school, I'm just, I'm learning so much more about humans and sin nature mm. and yeah. um, just patterns that we have in our lives. And like I said, it is being a mom is extremely edifying because your kids, I mean, as a stay at home mom, I'm around my kids all the time. And, and that can definitely test your patience and your <laughs> um, selfish tendencies and all right. of those, all of those things. So how, how old are your daughters? So they are three and five. Oh, do you have a handful then? Yes. Yes. It's super fun, but it's a big handful. Of your girls, do they tend to have some of the characteristics of you and Ben or how are they uh, made up? Yes. Actually, it's really funny because they are so similar to each of us in different ways. So they're both a combination of us, but we can definitely see a lot of tendencies. So my oldest is more like my husband. He he likes things in order. He's a planner. Um, and my younger one is more of a free spirit <laughs> today. She, she changed her name and told me she wanted to be called starfish. And so that just gives you a picture of Willow. Her name is Willow and my oldest is Adelie. So my youngest is more of a free spirit, more like me. Um, but it's, it's really fun, honestly, because we think back to our college days and just how little we really knew about each other, even though we thought we knew so much about each other from spending four years together. And I just see... I'm able to see like what my husband was like as a child through my girls and yeah. learn more about him through them. So it's just been really sweet. And it's really kind of a trippy experience to have kids. Sometimes still, even though our oldest is five, we'll look at each other and just say, whose kids are these? Like, when did, when did we get old enough to be parents and have kids? And there's more stories to come. I promise you that. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. So yes. while I'm on the topic of marriage, what would you tell a current Cedarville student or students who are currently pursuing a marriage relationship? So I would say to first slow down. <laughs> I think that when you're on in college, like I said, we felt like we knew each other so well when we were in college because we were spending every day together. We had class together. We had mutual friends. We ate lots of meals together. But um, I think it's really important to, to get really good, solid biblical counseling. We... Um, we did the course, I don't even know if it's still at Cedarville, but we did Fit to be Tied. Um, sure is. Yes, mm -hmm. it's amazing. So we did that. We got counseling from um, friends from my home church. We did counseling with uh, Professor Spellman, Chad Spellman and his wife, Lee. Um, so we did lots of premarital counseling and kind of just slowed things down and got to really know each other really well. And so I would highly suggest just taking a, a big picture snapshot of your life and really getting to know each other, what you want in the future and having those conversations that are so important with older people who have been married for even longer than we have, because it, it just really changed the game and, and really set us up for success. It's really hard for college students to do that, isn't though? It is because we, I, like I said, I will, I truly, I felt like I knew everything and I was all set for marriage and I knew my husband so well, but with, we still to this day, um, after being together for 10 years, we look back and we're able to pull things that those mentors spoke into our lives. And it mm. has been really, really helpful. That's a great encouragement to um, all those uh, college students listening to the podcast today. So take uh, Allie's advice, slow it down and, um, 
really um, get some good biblical counseling. Now, Allie's story, I was made of Allie, aware of Allie's story through Instagram, primarily social media. And on an Instagram post that you had of your wedding photo, you stated, these pictures sit on our mantle. Sometimes they catch my eye in temptation to compare what our dreams were in these moments and what actually happened takes over. What would you say to a young Cedarville couple full of dreams? This is a really good question. So I would first say to remember going in that life is made up of seasons. So in some seasons, life feels amazing and things are going great. Your marriage feels really strong. You're on top of the world. And then other seasons, like the season that we are hopefully slowly coming out of just feels like your world is crumbling and you feel like, what are we going to do? What is the Lord trying to do? Um, and my my encouragement to a young Cedarville couple full of dreams would be to to remember that God is in each of those seasons and you're not going to be in the same season forever. That's why it's called the season that even when things are hard, you're, you're going to recover. You're going to get out of that season. Um, and. And as a caveat to that, I would say to hold your dreams loosely, because I think that when my husband and I got married, we had, I i mean, i he did, but I definitely held so tightly to the plans that I had and the visions and dreams that I had as a college student. Um, and, and I think it's really healthy to hold our dreams loosely. And what I mean by that is not not working hard or not, um, you know, thinking that your dreams are irrelevant, but, but to, to have open hands with your dreams and, and trusting the Lord with your dreams and, and with your future and, and whatever, um, he brings you through and, and, and not to doubt him when those things, when those tough seasons arise or when it feels like your dreams are not coming true to not doubt his goodness or his kindness or his faithfulness, because he is there, he is there through it all. But I know that as a young Cedarville couple, we felt, you know, um, unstoppable. And, and that's just, it's simply not true, not to be a dream crusher or a soul crusher, but, but the beauty is that Jesus is in those moments with us when they come, because they will come. That's great advice. And, you know, I resonate with the idea of having open hands because everything we have is God's and he is the one who orchestrates our life and our steps. Who are we to hold on to whatever we have in front of us at the moment? The Lord can really do great things as we're pliable and willing to be served mm. or to allow him to to lead us. From a human perspective, your world came crashing down. You mentioned that just a few minutes ago uh, when you were diagnosed with lymphoma. When did you receive the news? And can you walk us through the experience of what went through your mind when you first heard that news? Yeah. So I was diagnosed with stage four Hodgkin's lymphoma um, mm. in April of 2019. And I remember being in the hospital room with my husband, just completely floored. This came out of nowhere. I don't have a history of cancer in my family. And so I was the first to receive this news and experience this. And truly, I just remember feeling like God was punishing me. And for a bit of time, 
I believed that, that I had done something wrong, that this was his wrath. And I eventually came to learn that this was not his wrath. His wrath was put out on Jesus. And this is not a punishment. And and there are, he had good things for me, so many good things. He continues to give good things to me um, and gifts through what felt like a tragedy at first, because it really did feel like a tragedy. I My life really flashed before me. And um, I, I just, I call it dark. I just went dark for a few days and I cried a lot. I cried for a few days. Um, and I even had conversations with my husband about what I wanted life to look like when I was gone and, um, you know, <laughs> gave him permission to marry someone else. And of course I cried through it all, but it was, it was really surreal, but, but I really felt like this is it. Like, this is my story and my life is ending. Um, so yes, but a few days after being dark, hope started to creep in and it was creeping in through messages from friends, from phone calls, from friends and mentors who just spoke truth over me and just reminded me that this is not something you have not deserved this. Like this is not something that, you know, you're being punished for. Um, this is not God's wrath upon you. Um, and he is going to show you so much grace and, and he's going to give you strength to get through this. And just really words of life started to pour in and and then the darkness was lifted and we truly from Jesus speaking through other people, we felt like, okay, we can do this. We're, we're going to do this. Let's put a plan together. And with his strength, we can do this. And even then, as you're saying, let's put together a plan. You're still doing that plan with open hands, right? Exactly. Exactly. You know, I, I appreciate you being vulnerable in this time, and we're going to dive into more of your diagnosis and your recovery uh, in a moment. I think one of the greatest words in our vocabulary is the word hope. Hope is, you know, you mentioned it just gives you that reason to continue, and and you know who your hope is in, not just a subject or an object, but it's in the creator of the universe. So that has to bring great hope to you, right? Exactly. Absolutely. It's where my only hope comes from. So since the diagnosis, you've undergone a stem cell transplant back in August 2020. And according to medical experts, the recovery time is approximately six months to a year. How has the recovery been going for you? So I actually, it's funny you should ask me this this week as we're recording. I actually feel like I turned a corner this week and my energy is much higher. Okay. then, well, maybe I shouldn't say much higher, but it's higher than it has been. Recovery has basically looked like me resting and reminding myself that not everything needs to get done all in one day. And, you know, it's okay for other people to take care of my girls, like my my in-laws or my parents, just being okay with, with asking for help and accepting help. But as far as medically speaking, things have been Things have been going really well for recovery. Um, As far as we know right now, I'm still cancer-free, so things are looking good right now. That's great. Thank you for that great report. So part of your recovery process, Allie, was that you needed 24-7 care from a caretaker for the first three months. Uh, And after the transplant, because your uh, immune system was compromised, you were not permitted to live with your daughters or Ben. That had to be very, very difficult. I want to hear more about that. But the transplant started August 26th. How did the Lord bring you through that difficulty? Oh, yeah. So the Lord has been 
truly so sweet. And he was so near to me during that time. I think that, you know, as the Bible says, like he is near to the brokenhearted. He, he truly is because there's really no other word to describe how I was feeling um, than brokenhearted. I was definitely brokenhearted that I couldn't be with my young girls who I've stayed home with since they were born. Um, and my husband, who is my best friend. Um, it was, it was really, really tough to not be able to, um, be with them, but, but he taught me a few things that I will carry with me forever. Um, as a mom, one of the things that he put on my heart was, was to think of things to do, um, for others that could get my mind off of myself. And so I was able to do some things like write cards and write letters and Mm -hmm. things like that, that I haven't been able to do normally because I have my girls around or I'm spending time with my husband or friends. Um, and he also reminded me that even though I am not with my family, like even though I wasn't able to be with them, he was with them. And he really spoke to me so clearly and kind of said, Allie, I know you can't be with them, but I am with them. And who better to be with them than, than me? And it was very humbling. And it was such a great reminder that, again, I can even hold my family with open hands because he has them, he's with them and he's shaping my girl's little hearts and shaping my husband's big heart and teaching them so much, even though that I'm not there. And it, it also gave me a great, a unique opportunity to be able to pray for them, like in yeah. a way that I haven't before. Right. Um, I was able to just, like I said, pray for their hearts. And I think that when I'm with them, sometimes I forget to pray for their hearts, but being away from someone, you pray for them differently. And so it really allowed me to pray for them in a unique way. And that was truly such a blessing. Hmm. Have you seen any ways that being apart from your little girls specifically been to that has really impacted them or how did it impact them? Yeah, so they definitely have been dealing with separation anxiety lately. Like I just had to go get some blood work done today and my youngest was staying with my mom who uh, at our home and my youngest knows my mom really well, but she gets a little panicky when I start to leave. And even though she's mm-hmm. a new three, like she just turned three, she'll say, but mommy, you're done with chemo. You're done with treatment. And so I've seen them become more aware, like they're aware of medical treatments and medical patients. They're able to p- pick out cancer patients in a crowd. Um, but also they have definitely become more anxious about me leaving and, yeah. and Yeah. I would think that's going to make you, your family, a much tighter, close-knit family than other typical families. Is that fair? Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So uh, we're recording this podcast on November 18th. Um, Have you received any news about how the transplant has gone? Was it successful? I have not received any news, but we should be receiving news about the time that this podcast will come out. As um, everyone is listening, hopefully I will have news that the transplant was successful, but I don't have any news right now. And what we'll try to do is we'll stay in contact with you. And if we hear, when we hear, if we can add it to the podcast, I'll make sure the people hear so they can uh, celebrate with you and rejoice. Thank you. Yes.
We're praying for a great Christmas gift. <laughs> Absolutely. So when do you expect to get this news? Hopefully um, before Christmas. They said December 2020. So hopefully before Christmas. I don't think that they'll be doing many tests and appointments after Christmas. So hopefully we'll get it before Christmas. Okay. I want to go back to the conversation we had about that you couldn't live with your daughters and Ben. Where did you live during that time and how did you communicate with each other? Yeah. So I lived in an apartment in um, Atlanta. So it's like a little burb of um, Atlanta called Sandy Springs. And it was I mean, truly, we couldn't have been closer to the hospital. Um, we were, I could have walked to the hospital if I had the strength, but we stayed, my mom and I. So my mom was my caretaker. She came down from New York, okay. and um, which is where I'm from. She came down from New York and has been here. She plans to be here through the winter just to continue to support me and help as needed. But she was my 24-7 caretaker. So if I had a fever, she could get me to the hospital. Fevers are really critical for transplant and cancer patients. Um, so anything right. like that, she could she could um, get me there. So we live just down the street from the hospital and it was in an apartment that belongs to one of my best friend's father-in-law. So it's just amazing okay. how God worked things out that we didn't have yeah. to pay for um, a third place to live because my mom has an apartment here. So we would have had to pay for a third place. And he said, you know what, please, like it's the least I could do. Please just go stay in the apartment. And um, so he provided that and, it, and the Lord just really used him to be such a blessing, a tangible blessing. How long did you stay in that apartment? So we were there from the beginning of September until about mid-October. Okay. And now you're home, right? With Now I am home. Yes. So what's it like being home with Ben and the girls? So it has been really sweet. There have been so many sweet moments. It's so relaxing and calming for me to be in my space and be back in my roles. But my roles have looked different. Like I said earlier, I've had to accept help. I've had to ask for help. I've had, I'm training myself that again, it's okay if I don't get everything done on my to-do list. You know, if I have right. five things on there and I get one thing done, I call that a good day, um, which is so unlike me. And so, um, but truly to be totally transparent, it has been, parenting has been especially challenging because my girls are definitely working through their mom being away for the past few, you know, at least six weeks. Uh, right. And we're kind of, we're kind of trying to steer them back in the direction of mommy is just as important as daddy. You know, you need to listen to both of us equally. Like I'm not a guest in this home. I'm your mom. Right. Kind of right. that sort of thing. Um, but marriage on the opposite has been wonderful. It's like we've been, we were, we just love being together and we hated being separate. And so since we were separate for those weeks, it's been really sweet to come back together and we both just hang out with each other every chance that we get now. And um, it's kind of, it was like a refresher for us. So we're in a really sweet place right now, enjoying each other. How did you communicate with each other while you were at one place and he was the other place? So FaceTime, basically. That, okay. was, that was about it. There, We did pass letters a couple of times, but it was mainly FaceTime. Thank goodness for modern technology. Yes, exactly. As you wait on how well the, the transplant is taking and good thing that you're cancer-free, there's still some big decisions coming uh, down the road for you. I, I know that you have some doctors who say you should uh, do 16 more rounds of chemo. There's another doctor who says maybe not. Uh, you probably side with the one who says, I don't think so. Um, give me your thought. What's your thoughts on this future decision? <laughs> 
So to be totally honest, you know, I do wonder if I really need it or, um, or not. Um, I have heard from a few doctors that I do need these last treatments. Um, but my mind is just tired. I'm ready to be done. Um, I've been doing treatment since April, 2019. And this, this is a maintenance treatment suggestion, but it would be 16 rounds. So it would be about, um, it would be, and it would be every three weeks. So it would put me, you know, far out. So I would definitely be fighting for over two years. And so, like I said, I'm, I'm tired and I, I really don't want to do it, but I also want to be wise. So it really comes down to, um, just endurance and discernment about what we want to do, but I'm, I'm leaning towards doing it because I want to take medical advice and I want to be wise, but my mind, like I'm, I'm going to go kicking and screaming in my mind. <laughs> yeah. But you're going to do it at this point because you think it's the right thing to do, the prudent thing to do. Yes, exactly. And actually, yeah. um, it, I start tomorrow if I choose to do it. So yes. So we have a, a big decision to make tonight. So yes. I'll pray for you tonight and I'll, I'll wait to hear what you, what you decide. I, Thank you. I know you'll make the right, right decision. Allie, we're, we're quickly running out of time, but I have Thank a few you. more questions I want to, I want to get to before we wrap it up for the day. And first off, throughout the trial that you're going through, and I want to, I also view it as an opportunity, an opportunity for you to serve Jesus for the world to see. And that's probably at the heart of your of your life. Through this situation, you've started a podcast to tell your stories. It's a unique name. It's called The Weather Channel. Now, it's not like what people think where they can turn the TV on and watch The Weather Channel. Weather is spelled W-H-E-T-H-E-R. Tell me about this unique podcast name. Yeah, so this show um, has actually been a really fun ministry. Um, I just think that, you know, this is a, a cool thing that twenty in 2020 we can do ministry from home, even if you are a cancer patient or immunocompromised. And so um, this show truly is a heart project. It's a it's a ministry that the Lord put on my heart. Um, and the, the play on words behind the name is because this show is chock full of people who have suffered in one way or another. I, my guests are, they have suffered from mental illnesses, eating disorders, physical illnesses like cancer, you know, maybe loss of a child. There's a huge range of suffering um, that is shared on this podcast, but I have hand-selected each of these guests because when they were faced with their trials, they had a decision inevitably to make whether or not they were going to choose Jesus and joy or whether they were going to allow the enemy to steal the joy and the peace that he offers in trials. So this show is just chock full of people sharing their stories. And, and I really, in my opinion, I think that they're experts because they are the ones who have experienced these trials and sufferings. And, and on the show, we really talk a lot about their suffering in ways that you don't typically hear about the loss of a child or an All eating right. disorder. Like we, my guests really don't hold much back. So it's, it's a really helpful um, show and resource for people who are suffering and just need encouragement or just people, just humanity in general, who is, are trying to learn more about how to support friends who are suffering or um, someone who has been going through a loss. You're dealing with real life situations and thank you for doing this podcast. So how often do you air the podcast? So we have new episodes every Monday. Every Monday. 
Is it hard to get guests? It's not, actually. I have, there is an application on my website, AllieChristian.com, and I always encourage people to apply there. But I have recently had to sadly turn a few people away just because it's, you know, not the right topic or we've already had that topic or different things. But yeah, it's actually, it's, and it's sweet because I have seen, people sharing their story being so healing for them. And so a lot of my guests are excited to share their stories and it turns out to be really healing for them. Some of my guests, especially one that I had that shared about sexual abuse, um, it was her first time sharing her story publicly. And I was just so impressed that she wanted to share that story and it was it was really healing for her. So, so how can listeners of the Cedarville Stories podcast hear the Weather Channel. So any place that you can listen to a podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts or Spotify, um, Podbean or Google Podcasts, any of those, we are on all podcast platforms. Okay. And I encourage you to listen to the Weather Channel with Allie Christian. Uh, it sounds like a great podcast. And we're going to link her podcast up with this one. There's an easier way for you to get to Allie's podcast. So thanks for, for doing that, Allie. I have one one last question. You've gone through a lot of pain in your relatively young life. Now that COVID's all around us, it's probably even more difficult for you and your family. Uh, what is the Lord teaching you right now as you study his word and just live during this time of uncertainty with COVID and then your own health issues? Yeah. So the first thing that he is teaching me is, is to not fear. Um, I think that there, we, that's safe to say that everybody is dealing with a little bit of fear, whether it's of getting the virus or loss of a job, whatever. Um, and so I think when we are dealing with fear, it's really tempting to take comfort in things other than our true comforter, the one true living comfort. And one, um, passage that he has just spoken to me over and over through is Daniel 3, 16 through 18. And, and this is the passage where Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are telling um, King Nebuchadnezzar that they're not going to bow down to his idol. And actually, a, a friend shared this passage with me. And at first, when she was sharing it with me, I thought to myself, how is this relevant to my situation? And, you know, I heard the story as a kid or watched it on Veggie Tales, And I'm like, I'm not sure this is relevant to my situation. But the Lord spoke so clearly to me about this because at the end of the passage, I wrote it down so that I um, could share clearly. But um, they say, if we're thrown into the blazing furnace, and in my situation, I would consider COVID and cancer, um, the, the furnace, if we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. But even if he doesn't, we want you to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. And to me, this is what this is the epitome of what the Lord has been teaching me, that even if he doesn't deliver me from cancer, or even if he doesn't you know, make COVID go away as quickly as I would like, like, I don't need to choose an idol of comfort or fear or self-medicating or eating or whatever, Any anything that we can be tempted to cling on to when we are living in uncertain times. I don't, we don't need to choose those things because he's always there and he, he's always offering joy and peace and he's truly where the joy and peace are. So, so that's what he's teaching me. Oddly enough, he's using Daniel and um, what I learned as a kid that we don't have to choose idols. And, and even if he doesn't deliver us from COVID or whatever, fill in the blank with the struggle that we have right now, we don't have to 
choose idols, um, vain idols. Uh, that's that's a great uh, lesson and a great encouragement to me. Uh, I'm inspired by what you said. We as Americans think w- this is unprecedented times and, and everything is uncertain. But I, I, can, I know for sure that we do live in certain times because God is certain and we can trust him. And you're, you're living proof that you're walking through that journey with him. And so thanks for sharing your story today on the Cedarville Stories podcast. Uh, we're going to pray for your um, complete healing and further future ministry opportunities as you uh, go forward with the podcast and just uh, loving on your family as uh, you will. So, Allie, thanks for joining us and I hope you have a great Christmas. Thank you so much. You too. And to all of the listeners. Thank you for listening to the Cedarville Stories podcast brought to you by Cedarville University. If you were encouraged by today's episode, share it with a friend. Please rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast provider and connect with us at Cedarville on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And be sure to come back next week when we'll hear another inspiring Cedarville story for God's glory.